All right, welcome back to another live stream. Today we're back with another episode. I think this is episode four or five, five, I think, <laughs> of the uh, SNBP podcast. Today it's just me and Poncha here. Uh, we may or may not be joined by a guest later on in this episode, uh, but Nick and Birdman could not make it today, sadly, so it's just the two of us. We're here to talk hockey and here to have a good time. Right, Ponchi? Oh, yeah. Exactly. There we go. So <laughs> uh, I'm excited for this one. Honestly, it's going to be a good one today. We're with a hey, how's it going, Ellie? We're without our uh, overlay as well, because we don't really have an overlay set for two people. But if our guests were to join, we will have the overlay as well for those of you on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, but anyway, without any further ado, let's get started. Quickly, right off the bat, there's some big news in the NHL. Not really big news, but it's news in the NHL, uh, at least for the Canadians or more like the LA Kings. Mark Bergevin got hired as a senior advisor to Rob Blake for the LA Kings. So it was rumored that he'd be hired in LA in some sort of role. We weren't sure what kind of role it was going to be, but there was rumblings that he wanted to get hired in LA in a, a lesser role than GM. So or maybe even a higher role, like somewhere like, like VP of something. So we just knew he didn't want to be a GM. So he joins his buddy, Phil Deno, who he refused to give a contract to in LA. Maybe they planned that, who knows? But he, he was with Phil Deno in Chicago, brings him to Montreal with him. And then Phil Deno goes to LA and Bergevin goes to LA. So the bromance continues with him and Philip Deno. Uh, and so, yeah, he joins Rob Blake in LA management. What do you think about that, Ponji? Minor news or... It's a good fit. <clears throat> No, I think that's a good pick because so Bergervan was he the one that kind of constructed the Stanley Cup from last year? Uh, yeah, most of that team. Yeah, yeah. So he's got some. I I think he he got. I I think he got a lot of credit because the Montreal Canadiens made it so far. So I think like generally though. He's he's a great GM. Look at his track what his track record. So when was the last time the Montreal Canadiens like lost or didn't make the playoffs? I mean he, they didn't make the playoffs a lot of the time he was the GM though. I think it was like five years out of his eight or something like that. No they didn't way. make it. Or yeah, no, oh. they didn't make the playoffs as much as you think they did. Um because there's a year they missed the playoffs by no one year. Uh, they drafted Kokinemi another year. Hang on, let me. Yeah. You want me to pull it up for you? Uh, pull it up for me. Yeah, I might I'll, be pumping Bergevin's guys for the wrong yeah, reason. Yeah, just just a little bit too much, I think. So I'll go a bunch of all Canadians season standings like last <clears throat> ten years. Let's go ten. Years. Okay. Um. So this year, obviously, they're terrible dog water brutal 2021 mm. they've slipped into the playoffs like slightly and then made it all the way 2019-20 they were uh 24th in the league but they made it because of their points percentage being higher than <laughs> buffalo and they didn't even yeah. make the playoffs initially they made the round robin which then allowed them to beat pittsburgh and make the playoffs because carry price is a god in the playoffs 2018-19 <laughs> they missed the playoffs by one point uh i'm pretty sure it's that year 2017-18 they were not even close. They had 71 points. 2016-17, they were first in their division because reasons. 2015-16, uh, they were out of the playoffs with 82 points in 82 games. So basically, literally 500. So, And I can't go any further than that for some reason because Google. But it's Google. I'm just trying to show you that the, the team had one good season. 
One. No way. In the last five I... years. One. No way. One. Yeah, I... I'm telling you right now, Montreal had some playoff success because this team is built around Carey Price and big bruising defensemen yeah. that are able to win you playoff rounds. But don't let that disguise how bad they've been in the regular season. They're one of the teams that struggles, mm. struggles. Like I've watched the Habs for my entire life. And in my entire lifetime, I don't think I've ever seen a Habs team that I'm confident is going to score more than three goals in a game. Like they struggle well, yeah. to score two goals a game. And then they win because they have Carey Price in nets. So, and, and sometimes when they yeah. score three goals, like they win 3-2 or 3-1 because mm-hmm. Carey Price plays so well. So, I he steals you games, yeah. Is Bergevin a good GM? Some aspects, yes. He's a great trader. He's really good at trading players and knowing when they're going to have breakout season. Like he trades for Philadelphia for two guys mm-hmm. who are like done. It was like Burmistrov, I think, or no, it wasn't Burmistrov. It was, uh, oh, what's his name? It was uh, a guy on near the end of his deal. Uh, Bergenheim. I think it was Sean Bergenheim. He brought him as a free agent yeah. or something. It was Sean Bergenheim and like Dale Weiss or something. Like two guys mm. who are kind of like fringe, like their third, fourth line guys who are near the end of their careers for Phil Dano in a second <laughs> or something like that. And so then they turned that into, it was Phil Dano and Alex Romanov. That was the pick that became Romanov in that trade. Mm-hmm. Phil Dano becomes a first line yeah. center. Uh, Corsi four percentage was top six in the league for his entire career in Montreal because him, Gallagher, and Tatar were, if not tied, but fighting, competing for first in the mm-hmm. league as a line in terms of advanced stats and analytics. So, yeah, like Corsi 4 percentage especially, that was like their stat. Like those guys controlled hot. They controlled the play at 5-on-5. Five five. They were one of the best lines, 5-on-5 five five in the NHL, other than Boston's perfection line, right? Of yeah. Pasternak, Marsha, and Bergeron. So you put that... Together, Gallagher, Tatar, Dano, and then Bergevin this offseason is like, yeah, we don't need Tatar. So, okay, yeah, you can get rid of one of the three pieces from that line, and you can probably still put a good line together. Put Jake Evans there. It's a pretty good replacement. Or put, like, even Toffoli. That's a pretty good replacement for what Tatar brings. Um, You can't let go of Dano, too. You lose two out of the three players from the top line in the league for the last couple years, despite being on a terrible team. Like, those guys played very good hockey. And now Gallagher's yep. just on his own, and you can see the difference. Like he's struggling a lot more than he was. Uh, Dano is playing on par with how he always plays. He's always around f- fifteen or less goals, fifty-ish points, and a good plus-minus and a great face-off percentage. He does his job. He knows what he's doing, and he's well worth the money that LA is paying him. Yeah. So. Okay. So, but let's let's look at the trades back here. So, how do you feel about the Pacioretty? Suzuki trade. How do you feel about that? Oh, that's a great trade. That's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like he knows when to trade for players. Like yeah. he trades Patcheretti away. Although Patcheretti's played very well in Vegas, I'm not denying that. He's one of the guys I picked last episode as one of the great, or mm-hmm. a few episodes ago, as one of like those great players having good seasons, uh, yeah. like underrated seasons. So I think he's playing very well yeah. in Vegas. But I think it was a perfect trade. You get Suzuki, young player. He's our. He's by far our best player on the ice. Like our team looks terrible when he's not on. So there's Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got, I think, a second round pick, and we got someone. We got Tatar, and Tatar became one he, of the three pieces like, to one of the best lines in hockey for several years. So he knew when yeah, to acquire. He was a bit of a cap dump. Pardon? Oh, he was a bit of a cap dump, and you guys just turned uh, chicken shit into chicken salad. Dude, we turned we turned a cap dump into a <laughs> like a great player. So, like mm. a good top six player, we could have traded. Tatar at any point for a second or a first round pick whenever yeah. we wanted to, but we just didn't. 
set FU in the playoffs, put him on the fourth line for reasons beyond my understanding. He played fine. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're like, okay, Tatar, you had a great regular season. You're not the problem in the playoffs. You can go on the fourth line and F <laughs> yourself every year. This is guy every yeah. year gets any. I watch a play. He works hard, but every year on any team he's on, he gets sent to the fourth line. I don't know what he does, but he he just does in the playoffs. And then he comes back the next season. Like, okay, first line. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so then they let him go for nothing, and now he's in New Jersey having like a decent season. But I don't know if New Jersey exactly. Him? Um, I didn't mind the guy rid of Tatar. Quite honestly, I really don't. Mm-hmm. I think it was time. I think they were kind of through with each other. I think we gave him a yeah. good opportunity to revitalize his career, and he did. And he made a lot of money mm-hmm. for New Jersey. I don't think he's well. I don't think I'd want to pay him the five-ish, six million dollars he's getting paid. But yeah, if we kept Dano, then that's fine. But if you get rid of Dano, then Tatar is useless too. Mm-hmm. So it was Dano or nothing, and they chose nothing. And they that's chose fair. not to keep Kokanemi either. So you let go of Dano. You're like, okay, Suzuki, more ice time, which he's already playing a lot. Okay, then Kokanyemi, hmm, we don't need him anymore. Hmm. Let's get rid of him too. So, okay, so Jake Evans is going to step up now, right? Then they acquired Christian Dvorak, who's looked terrible in Montreal. Um, so they acquired Christian Dvorak to play a role he's not fit for. And then yeah. they're like, okay, who else? Hmm, long-time NHLer who's like barely able to just keep up with the players in the league, but he's French, Cedric Paquette. Like, mm. you're getting these guys to replace Dano and Kokanyemi down the middle. You're serious. Like, I know Kokanyemi wasn't great here, but he wasn't bad. He could at least yeah. put up 30, 30 to 40 points easily in his sleep. Like, I'm just like, going to take a peek. Yeah. And then, I'm just going to take a peek at what he's um, uh, putting that's up. That's frustrating. Yeah, he he, uh, he started very slow in uh, Carolina, but lately he's been really good. Like, a lot of... I saw... It, I I play Yahoo Fantasy Hockey in a in a mm-hmm. league with my girlfriend's cousins, because um, yeah. they needed one guy. So I said, "Oh, f it, I'll do it." Um, mm-hmm. And I saw the other day he had like two thousand ads or something in a day or like in the morning. No way. Yeah, because he's been, he he. I think his last seven games he's been pretty, playing pretty well. Like yeah. He's been like a point per game or something. So uh, don't sleep on Koki Nami, man. He's only twenty. The Habs rushed him in the league because they said f it and they wanted him to play right away. And they got decent results, 30-something points in his rookie season. But he didn't grow his offense because he wasn't playing top minutes. He wasn't playing with super great players. He wasn't mm-hmm. developing. He was being jammed into this third-line role that he's not fit for. He's out there. He's like a first, second-line guy or nothing. He's got the skill, mm-hmm. but he's not. You know, he's a finesse player. You know, and like he, sure. he can hit. He throws the body around. He can hit. He can fight. He beat up Robert Haig after Robert Haig killed mm-hmm. Ryan Bailey. I remember that, and I was like, damn, this guy can fight too? Like, I love this mm-hmm. player. And then they break my heart. He was one of my favorite players, and they break my heart and trade him away. But not even trade him away. They lose mm-hmm. him for nothing. Or not for nothing, but they, they let him go. They got to pay. Yeah. But it's like an easily matchable deal. Are you telling me Montreal couldn't use him right now? They have 20 guys in COVID protocol. Are you telling me Kokanami wouldn't make their team? Like, come mm-hmm. on, man. Like, it's just, I feel like the decisions they make are so simple. Yet they just don't yeah. make make them. So that's that's I think Bergevin's oversight. He doesn't know how to manage. Once he gets the players, he doesn't know what to do with them. He just knows to acquire sure. them. You know what I mean? Okay. Pro um, are good. Do you think paying six mil for Kokniemi is better now, or do you think I would have been too much? Because 
Carolina forced Montreal's hand here. It wasn't that Montreal wanted to get rid of him. It was that six mil, and you guys were in a bit of a cap crunch, right? Um, During that time, or that, do you think well, no? Because they signed Mike Hoffman. They went out and signed guys oh, like Mike Hoffman, Dvorak, all these guys to contracts mm-hmm. that you don't that you don't need to do. Like Dvorak, yeah. I understand the need because they lost Kokinami Deno, but do we need Mike Hoffman? Bro, we have Toffoli, Anderson, Drouin. Uh, who else do we have on the wing? Caulfield. Like, that's four guys on the yeah. wing I want to see in the top six. I, those are four guys right there. Yol Armia right there I want to see on the third line. Yeah. Arturi Lekkinen. Uh, he's he's been injured the whole time, man. Uh, oh, so you got no Arturi Lekkinen. Like it's like we have decent winger depth. Like we don't necessarily need Mike Hoffman. We need centers, man. We need centers. And Jurek came out saying, "Yeah, I can play center this year." I haven't seen it yet. So, <laughs> oh man, it's just a frustrating time for Montreal Canadiens fan. But you know what? Jeff Gordon take o- took over. Uh, we should see the new GM hired within two weeks. They I saw they hired. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was. I don't remember her name, but she was a reporter for uh, La Presse, I think. Uh, so they hired her as a as their media outlet person, like their uh, okay. <laughs> in charge of media. Here, that's cool. Yeah, I'll let you talk for a second here. I'm gonna get her name up. Yeah. Um. Aside from that, oh, well, we went on a little bit of a tangent here. Uh, I I'm okay with that. Relatively, though, I don't think Montreal's in a bad spot. I think. Because you is Weber off your books now? Well, under LTIR he is, but he's not fully off our, our books. So yeah. Uh, oh, and just to give you a heads up, the it, she got hired as the VP of communications. She's mm-hmm. uh, worked for thirty two <clears throat> years at RDS. My apologies, I got it wrong. Um, and her name is Chantal Machabe or Maccabee. Mm-hmm. I think it's Machabe. Masha B. Uh, but she has a very good track record with RDS. Everyone seems to like mm. her in the media. And so they hired a media person to deal with the media. That's genius. Why didn't they think of that earlier? Instead of uh, yeah. some former hockey player. Uh, I don't remember who it was, but they had some former hockey player in charge of media relations. This guy was a mess. No offense. It just yeah. it didn't make sense. Especially with... you look at Once again, we talk about this all the time, but how they handled... The Logan Mayu pick, they didn't have anything prepared. Like, why is this guy in charge of media if he doesn't prepare anything mm-hmm. for you to take a controversial player? So I think Shantan Mashabe will do a very good job. It's nice to see a woman get hired in a hockey management position, especially for a team as stored as the Montreal Canadiens. That's a big win mm-hmm. for Jeff Gordon and the Canadians, especially hiring a French female Canadian reporter from RDS. That's a That's huge win. It's great. Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. So then before before we move on to our hot seat, because I want to do the hot seat. That was a good idea you had. And I'll, I'll let you take charge of that. Uh, before we move on to the hot seat, I just want to mention Spider-Man from Naruto. Hopefully you're still here. I saw your comment, and I love your comment. I agree with you 100%. So he says, or they say, uh, Adam Bokfist is my Kokinemi. Love that guy. And Bowman banks on Seth Jones, of all players. So I agree with you 100%. That's like a kick to the gut, man. You see Adam Bokvist come up. He had a decent rookie season in Chicago. I don't know what his point totals were, but I remember watching the highlights and watching some of their games. And like he looked good. Like He looked like he belonged. He was progressing. Uh, he's still progressing in Columbus. He's still having a decent second sophomore, I think sophomore season. Like He's having a decent year. And they trade him for Seth Jones. Like I, I get the deal because Jones is like proven. Like he can play those minutes. I remember there's a game Seth Jones played like a 
an hour and 26 minutes or something in the playoffs. So Jones has proven he can play those minutes. But you have a young 20-year-old defenseman coming up. You're not paying him big money. You trade that away for an aging defenseman who's like in his prime but leaving his prime soon. $9 million a year for the next like seven years. I don't know, man. It's just there's so many things that they do. Do you know, like the Chicago Blackhawks right now, they're giving me like, do you, do you watch basketball, Mike? A little bit. Are you going to say the Lakers? Like, like, even now, like, they remind me of the Lakers because yeah. you've got, like, LeBron, Melo, you've got Dwight Howard. You've Russ. got all these, like... Sorry? Russ? Oh. Oh, Russ. So you have all these, like... And the same thing with Chicago. You have Flurry, Kane, Taves... Jones, you have Keith is gone. Um, the decor is like a little empty right now, but like same concept. You have all the greatest stars from like 2014. But they have that. It's not basketball. It doesn't work the same way. You can't have six gods on your team and the rest of your team be kind of like there because mm-hmm. they can't put up a hundred points in a game. You know what I mean? Or like you know what I mean? They they, they combined. I'm not saying like LeBron's gonna put up a hundred, but. Like combined, like the he stars put up well. a lot of points. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in hockey, you can't just have three guys and be okay. The rest of the team will just get like you, random dudes. You can't do that. It doesn't work. You need a fourth line that can oh, yeah. score. You need a third line that we're not going to say fourth, but you need, or at least you need a fourth line that can compete. You need a third line that can score. You need a second line that can score or shut them down. You need a first line that can score. And you need defense that can defend. Mm-hmm. They have. I'll let you take over in a second here, but they have uh, Jones, the other Jones, Caleb Jones. I like Caleb Jones. I like that pickup by them. Uh, but then you're saying Connor Murphy. Uh, what's his name? McCabe, Jake McCabe, and a bunch of other guys are going to be your top four? Yeah. Come on, man. Like Everyone knew Connor Murphy wasn't the greatest contractor to begin with, but they acquire him anyway. And then they also acquire Calvin DeHaan. Thank you. Connor Murphy, uh, and then they get Jake McKay from Buffalo, who hasn't proven much. So, I mean, like, why do you want to acquire a guy from Buffalo who didn't put up great seasons in Buffalo either and say, okay, you're a top four defenseman now in Chicago? Like, come on, you could be spending your money better than that. (sighs) It's tough, man. Hockey's tough. Uh, But I'll let you take over now for the the hot seat if you want to. Actually, our guest is just is ready in a couple minutes now. So, oh yeah. Um yeah, she just needs she you got call traffic. So, before that um there's some big news coming out of San Jose. And it's your boy Evander Kane. He's Waivers. getting dropped. He's getting waived. Good night, Jim Kite. Evander Kane is no uh as of right now, he is being placed on waivers, and he's going to be terminated. So wow. how does that... So, like, it was a long time coming, but how do you, how do you feel about that? About goddamn time, that's all I have to say. <laughs> is that money off the books, hmm. too, or is, do they have to pay, right, because they're buying them out? No, it's not a buyout. It's a termination. Because he violated so, their AHL COVID protocol, right? 
Exactly. Oh, so, uh, like, so that that means is um twenty eight mil over the next four years. He just lost that for nothing. He, it's gone. All he had I to do was just favor. like, well, like, how's he gonna pay off the gambling debt now? No, he, he's I, already we, he's already declared bankruptcy. Oh, true. So uh, the gambling debt's gone. No, they, they, he he has no way of repaying anybody. Like they just lo lose that money because now mm -hmm. that this contract's terminated. That's something they probably would have been promised. That money would have been promised to the creditors, but now that's gone. They don't get it. No way. It's, it's over. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm pretty sure. So I think the NHL low key just did him a favor and said, "Look, we're just gonna buy you out. Your contract's done. We're not buy you out, but your contract's done." So mm -hmm. we'll see how that goes. Anyway, our guest's about to join us here. Uh, Ponchi, you set this all up, so I'll let you take charge of this. I feel bad. I've been like talking my your ear off here, so I'll let you okay. take over and uh, and introduce our guest uh, as soon as she um... arrives. We'll, we'll introduce her as she arrives, because I think she just needs a couple more minutes. But, but essentially, though, we'll, we'll finish on the Evander Kane tangent. So, like, to, that actually, like, breathes relief into me as a Sharks fan, because now we can sign Tomas Hurdle. We're not in the same cap crunch that we were a year ago. So, they, like, Doug Wilson might have just saved his, like, this was a godsend, because it might have just saved his job. So, now we have money to buy out Vlasic. I love Vlasic, but Pickles is just on the older side. He's, I don't see him staying with the Sharks much longer. I could see a buyout happening in a couple of years. Who? We could oh, also... Vlasic? The Vlasic pickle? Vlasic. Oh, man. The pickle. Oh, I remember when I he was pickles. good. He was underrated for you a know, long time. He played in my neighborhood arena. We still have a, one of his jerseys hung up uh, yeah. in a, uh, in like a nice... Come on, in a nice frame. In a nice glass frame. We have two of his Sharks jerseys hung up. Uh, or I don't know if it was a Sharks jersey. I don't remember which jersey it was. It's been a while since I've been to the arena, but I used to work there, funny enough, at that arena mm -hmm. as a janitor and a and an ice Good. cleaner or Zamboni driver. Mm -hmm. So, um, but yeah, I used to see his every day in the cafeteria. It's hung up on the walls. Uh, his jersey or his two jerseys from the Sharks because he he grew up in yeah. I believe <clears throat> Beaconsfield or Point Clay. He grew up in Montreal, West Island he's a, in he's particular. A Oh no, not country! What are you saying? We're in the suburbs, man. Come on, come on! This is the suburbs here. Uh, but he grew up in the suburbs of Montreal, and maybe he did yeah. grow up a bit in the country. Maybe he had like a country, like a like a, a cottage or something. But uh, he grew up in the West Island in Montreal, so very much a suburb guy. And yeah. you know, when he was good, it was it was fun watching him. I like I like him as a player. He seems like a nice guy too. So, um, hey, man. Best of luck to him. I think he'd do better in another organization because, quite frankly, I think they're I done think, with him. I think he's done with them. And buy him out. Let him go sign a million-dollar deal and play bottom six role as shutdown guy, and no one's going to talk about the money, and he, he'll be fine. So that's my opinion uh, yeah. on that. But then you also, like, because Ferraro needed to get re-signed. Um, Hurdle needs to get re-signed. 
Um, Mick's not here, but he'd love to see Hurdle play for the Rangers. Right. Hurdle's a good player. He can play good anywhere. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man from Naruto said, <laughs> Saw that, Carolina. dude. <laughs> He's back. Carolina will pick up a Vander Kane to pair D'Angelo on the power play. And though they'll soar through the sky to victory, just like my flying puppy emote, bro. I swear. I just picture them like that. Dude, the Carolina Hurricanes are being in little sleaze balls, eh? They're smart. They're smart. Carolina's like... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Carolina's like under... Like, they're bet. Do you think they're better now that they lost Hamilton? Or do you think they're... um? Mm. What do you think? I mean, they have more money for it. Their blue line, I feel like, has more depth to it. I mean, look, I think Hamilton's more capable of playing a physical game than D'Angelo, but I think D'Angelo's offense is so much stronger mm -hmm. than Dougie Hamilton. Like, Tony D'Angelo can run a power play, he can score five on five, he can put up a point per game as a defenseman. Like, he's that good uh, of a hockey player offensively. Defensively, he's a little bit, he struggles a bit more, but put him with Jacob Slavin, mm -hmm. Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, like, they got some good shutdown guys there. He's set. So, is Jobs in? Jobs? What up? Who? Did I figure it out? What's up? Did I figure it out? Yeah, you did. Oh, sweet. All right. Hey, how are you? How's it going? That's pretty good. Heard you got caught in a bit of traffic, hey? I did, yeah. It's, uh, it's crazy around here. There's still snowbirds leaving the state for the winter, and all they do is cause accidents, so... That's all right. It's good that you were able to hop in. Yeah, thanks for uh, having me. Sorry, uh, you guys had to stall for a bit. <laughs> That's all good. Do you have anything to throw in on the Vander Kane situation? We're we're just finishing up our oh. tangent on that, and we'll we'll play a game. Oh God, I better stay away from that one. That's a that's a loaded question right there. Is Arizona picking up a Vander Kane? I hope not. I don't want him. That's all good. Okay. Um, Mike, is there anything you wanted to say before we hop on the hot seat? Uh, well, just welcome to the, uh, to the podcast. It's happy to have you here. Uh, I'm Michael. <laughs> uh, I usually, I guess I host it on my channel and Ponchi, Nick, and Birdaman usually join me on the podcast, but we're happy to have you as a guest. Uh, very interested to hear about your background in Arizona State playing uh, college hockey there as a goalie. Uh, I saw your save percentages last year or last year before or during COVID. You're like a 947 or something. That's crazy. Um, yeah, we're happy to have you. How's it going? That's pretty good. Thanks for having me. That's uh, It's weird that I have a stats page. I feel like I shouldn't have a stats page. Ah, NCAA hockey is a high level. You deserve it. Yeah, That's so for those in chat, our guest today, big goalie for, the, for Arizona State University, posting a career 922. And correct me if I'm wrong, you received ACHA um, all second team or second team All American honors. Yeah, yeah, that was my senior year. It was a, that was a good season. And currently, you'll find Jordan behind the bench for the. Oh my gosh, you guys have a University of Arizona and Arizona State, Arizona State University, as an athletic trainer. You'll also see her at San Diego Padres games. Uh, welcome to the show, Jordan. Right on. That's, a, that's as good of an introduction as I can ask for, so thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. So we're going to hop on the hot seat. 
So essentially, we'll go in a circle. So because you're the guest today, Jordan, um, Mike and I will throw anything and everything at you. So we'll throw, we could throw questions like uh, favorite tree, favorite song. They they could be hockey related, and they couldn't. So or and they might not be. So we'll throw it on. How about a minute and a half? How does that sound, Mike? And then we'll rotate to Mike, and then we'll rotate to. It's me. up to you, man. This is your segment. I'll let you. I'll let you do what you uh, what you think is best here. <clears throat> so it's all up to you, man. All right. You handle it. So we'll put a minute and a half on the clock. Oh, I should just do a two minute two minute power play. Ah, okay. So two minutes on the clock. Ready. And. I'll start, and then Mike will will switch back and forth. All right, and go. Uh, favorite yoke? Uh, Jacob Chikrin. Uh, favorite hockey team? Uh, Arizona Coyotes. Favorite um, hockey brand? Oh, uh, I'm a CCM guy. Favorite hockey or meal it. or pregame meal? Pregame meal. Oh, uh, gosh, I don't know. Pasta, I suppose. That's everybody's answer. Favorite Padre? Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Recently. Recently. <clears throat> uh, favorite dessert? I don't know. Asking food questions. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, maybe like a, maybe like a fudge brownie. Biggest pet peeve as a goal. Oh, uh, I mean, obviously being screened sucks. Being screened by one teammate. There you go. Well, that's a good one. All right. Uh, we got a question from chat. Dad Nine Sports asks, who's your favorite goalie? Uh, well, I, when I grew up, it was, uh, it was Martin Brodeur, as much as that's going to annoy some people. But uh, lately, it's been Darcy Kemper when he was here at the O's. Fair enough. Fair enough. Favorite rookie on the Yotes? Do we still call Barrett Hayton a rookie? I don't know if he sure. is he's been up and he's been up and down a bunch. I'd say he's a rookie. Who's your favorite? Uh, oh, go oh, ahead. Favorite American player? Uh wow. Uh, Jacob Sherman's American. He's from Boca Raton. Okay. All right, and last question from Spider Man from Naruto, uh, in the chat. <laughs> uh, right or Bedard for the Yotes? Would you prefer? Uh, whatever gets us the first pick. Well, who go. would you pick? Yeah, who would you pick between the who two of them? Uh, I don't know. Everybody likes Shane Wright, so I guess I'm on that train until I have other guys. Fair, Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Mike. We'll put you on the hot seat. All right, I'll I'll do my so best go. here. I got Roxy next to me. She'll support me. So I'll go, and then Jobs will go, and then we'll go back and forth. All right. Sounds good. Three, two, one. Uh, favorite Richard brother. Um, ooh, uh, I'm gonna go with Ali. I'm gonna go with Ali. Pocket rocket, baby. Hey, right, uh, favorite Canadians goalie of all time. Uh, I'm gonna go with Carey Price because I grew up with him, so I love Carey Price. Favorite team to play against. To play against? Ooh, Toronto. It's always a fun time. 
It's always a fun time against Toronto, that rivalry. Or Boston. Toronto or Boston. I can't really pick. They're, but they're both fun to play against. Uh, let's go favorite music artist at the moment. Favorite? Damn, that's a really... I don't think I even have an answer to that one. Favorite music artist. You know what? I'm going to go with my phone and look at my top... I got my phone right here. I'm going to look at my top artists right now because I don't really have a favorite per se. Uh, damn, the top person on my liked songs is Dua Lipa, so I'll go with Dua Lipa. Screw it. What's your walkout song if you had one? Oh, like a, like a pump-up song to go into a game? Yeah. Mm, that's another good question. There's a few I could have on there, but I really like... I got interested in the song by actually Nick Suzuki, funny enough, because I saw his video about it, but uh, God's Country by... Um, oh, what's his name? God's Blake Sheldon. Blake Sheldon, God's Country. Everybody in baseball uses that. Um, let's yeah. go with... Let's go favorite baseball team, oh god i don't i don't really watch baseball uh i'll just go with the uh the the munch <laughs> i don't even watch it i'll go with the uh the toronto blue jays because it's canada there you go. i gotta Canadian go with that team. yep okay would you rather forget your skates or your hockey stick stick because i could always just borrow someone else's hockey stick and I'll be fine because I'm not that picky and I'm not that good. So, like, like any hockey stick, as long as it's right-handed, I could use it. But uh, skates, that's a tough one. So I'm going to say I'd rather forget my stick. All right. So that's two minutes, and then I'll go. Sweet. So, so we ask you questions and just harass you with questions? Oh, yeah. Awesome. I'm here to answer the hard questions. All right. Well, I'll come, at you. I'll come after you then. Uh, okay, I don't know what to start with, though. I feel like I've already asked all these all, right. all good questions. All right, okay, I'll, I'll start. Who's your favorite Sharks player? Uh, Nabokov. Oh, damn, okay. That's a good one. That's a good answer, yeah. Um, okay, pick another Western Conference team to be a fan of. Calgary. Okay. Okay, who's your favorite Calgary goaltender of all time? Uh, it's Kipper Soft. Yeah. Kipper Soft. Yeah. So that's a good answer. Respect. Um, all right. Would you rather play with the opposite hand on your stick or play with your stick upside down but with the right hand? Oh, that means I'm playing. That just means I'm playing ringette. Um, I'd play with ringette. Yeah. You'd play with the puck ringette over playing offhand? I. Or your backhand would be filthy. Good either way. I'm not great <laughs> either way, but. I'd try upside down. All right, all right. Fair enough, fair enough. <clears throat> um, all right, okay, I'll ask you a good question here. Who would you pick between Shane Wright and Connor Bedard? Uh, uh, Bedard, he's, didn't he just have, like, a hat trick in World Juniors as a 16-year-old? Almost four goals, I think. Almost. He hit the post or something. Yeah. Yeah. I go Bedard. Let's go with, uh, if you could take, let's pick one of these three Sharks players to start and build your dynasty team off of. Are we going Patrick Marlowe, Joe Pavelski, or Joe Thornton? Uh, Thornton? Thornton because he puts up points. I love Marlowe, but like, yeah. But Thornton puts up points. All right, this one's from Spider-Man from Naruto from chat. 
who would be scarier to play for years so for, throughout their careers against as a Sharks fan? Trevor Zegers or Quinn Byfield? Um, I've got Zegers right now because I haven't seen any of Byfield in the NHL. All right. All right, if you want to ask one more, go for it. But that is, that's it. That's two minutes What's a what's a favorite breakfast cereal? Two favorite breakfast cereal. I'm a vector guy. Do you have yeah, vector in the healthy. states, Jobs? No, we don't. But I I am aware of it. Okay, fair. Sweet. All it's right, so a healthy choice for fiber there. I like it. Yeah, I'm here to get big. Got to get like. Okay, I'm like. This is gonna be weird. How do I? I'm stocky. So, like, I, I'm i just here to push weight, and I'm here to screen goalies, but I'm also five foot two, so screening goalies isn't that great. It's it's a work in progress. So you're saying they just kind of look over you? Yeah. They, yeah, they just stand up. You got to get the Ryan Callahan thing going. <laughs> just kind of wave your stick in the air, fill your hands about, and then you're, go you're good to go. <laughs> Or I could turn around and just, like, broder people. I mean, that could work too, yeah. <laughs> what was it, Sean Avery? Yeah. Sean Avery? <laughs> yeah. But also, like, why would I do that in a beer league game? I mean, Anyways. you really want to win, right? <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs> um, let's move on to the Yotes. So... Jobs, who's who do you like on the Yotes right now? Let's move on to the Yotes, said no one ever. Um, <laughs> gosh, listen, listen, I, I am a fan of this team and I will remain a fan of this team, but I just haven't been impressed specifically with like really anybody so far this year. I don't know. Johan Larson had a good game the other night. Mm hmm. But I mean, just you know, there's yeah. if you look if you look up and down our roster, there's just nobody that really like stands out on paper. Yeah. No, Anton Roussel not doing it for you. Uh, no, no, King Louis, Louis Erickson. <laughs> I was gonna say, what about Andrew Ladd? <laughs> yeah, and Andrew Ladd is just there for, for giggles. Mm. He's just there to take up a roster spot. Yeah, <laughs> and some money too. And we have a good. Yep. <laughs> good comment <laughs> spider-man says uh spider-man from naruto says let's move on to the yotes said the rest of the central for easy wins literally that, yeah with the, the with the redivision with the redivision they're all they're feasting right now <laughs> i mean if it makes you feel better i'm a Habs fan we're you're you guys are past us now in points percentage at least so yeah i mean <clears throat> by like one is it like one yeah, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> we're competing for scraps at this point. It's a little sad, <laughs> but we're doing our best out there between the two of us. We'll we'll find a way to win some more games, I'm sure. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Because you got some nice young pieces, though. Because you've got, on my list, I've got Keller, Fisher, Schmaltz, and Hayden. I like those. Okay. That's a good core. Kraus and in there, Chirpin. too. And, check. and Scott Wedgwood, let's give him some love. Yeah, let's let's not forget Scott Wedgwood. He turned this franchise around a couple of years ago when he was here before before Ranta and before and he might have been here at the same time as Auntie Ranta, but uh, mm -hmm. he, was, he was the predecessor to Darcy Kemper's reign here. 
And uh, I don't know. I, mm. Some of the guys that have been around for a second. I like I like Austin Kraus. He's a good player. Um, mm. I mean, as much as I hate to say it, right? Like Phil Castle, like he's he's still out there doing the thing. Um, but it just it's hard because there's so many young pieces they were trying to fit mm. into our roster, and then all that we have this year to you know kind of supplement those guys are just like older per year contract players and it's going to be that way for a bunch of years just because of our strategy this year with mm-hmm. you know, swapping players for draft picks yeah so it's going to be interesting it's i don't i don't see this team being heavily competitive for i don't know four or five years until we get to have to develop those prospects that we're going to get through the draft or whatever mm-hmm. else unless we make some blockbuster move but you know nobody really wants to come to arizona at this point yeah i have, you think I have Kessel's- a- oh good Oh yeah. Oh, do you think Kessel's uh, getting traded? Come trade deadline. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody got traded. There are no protected pieces on this roster, and you know, if he wants out, he can. He can. Oh, other teams will take him. He's a one-year hmm. contract. That's true. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah. So I have a pretty fun stat for you here. So among your forwards on your team in Arizona, how many of them? So among, I guess, thirteen forwards. How many would you say are signed through past this season, like this season? Like, how many do you think have a contract for next year? Maybe like four or five. Okay, you're you're pretty close. So three of them. Uh, One of them's Andrew Ladd. Yeah. Right. Yeah, one of them's Andrew Ladd being paid 5.5 million bucks next season. Uh, Another one's Nick Schmaltz, who I actually really like in Arizona, who signed... For the next couple of years, four years after this one at 5.85. And then you have Clayton Keller, who signed for years and years and years at 7.15 million. So do you think there's any players on your team that your your GM might look at and say, yeah, let's trade some of these guys for, uh, I guess, for some low draft picks that you could acquire? Because you already have a lot of draft picks. But, you know, like Galchenyuk, Travis Boyd, uh, Riley Nash, uh, Johan Larson, Antoine Roussel. Uh, and Phil Kessler, those are all UFAs after this year. Like, do you think any of those guys could be moved? I mean, like I said, I don't think I would be surprised to see anybody get moved. That's sort of just our GM strategy. And ever since he's come in, he's made you know no mistake about what he wants is to sort of blow it up and rebuild the franchise. Um, but I mean, look, it's at some point there's only so much you can do as far as trading players for draft picks because it's you know it's never going to be equivalent to getting getting a role player guys mm-hmm. you need to take a chance on a prospect and you have to develop them and bring them through the system and see what happens but i don't know i i think keller is probably pretty safe um i think keller's safe i think i don't know i, I mean guys like gostas bear might get moved um mm-hmm. guys like i guess so i guess travis boyd um johan larson but i mean just Looking at, at general market value for guys like that, I wouldn't expect them to fetch anything more than second, third round draft pick. I mean, depending, right? It's That's what happened in the, the Darcy Kemper situation is I would have loved to keep him, but just at that point, his trade value was high enough you could get a first for him and you had to move hmm. him. Those guys, I don't think you're going to see that kind of upside with them. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point too. And then... Uh, just one last question before I let Ponch take it back over again. But uh, just one last question about the defense. So, looking at Arizona, like they've had a few breakout defensemen this year. I know Chikrin or Chikrin's been struggling this year, but uh, Shane Gossesbear, 
what are your thoughts on Shane Gossesbear as well as Moser? They've both seemed to have some pretty good breakout years this year, and they're quite the talk of Arizona fans. So what do you what do you think of them so far? I've been really impressed. I I've I mean Gossesbear has obviously been around for a second, so um, I I liked him when he was with Philadelphia. Um, I know some people have some differing opinions on him, but um, I think Moser has been a really good breakout player this year. He's a young guy, I think maybe. 21, 22, but like a recent draft pick. And um, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. You got to give these young guys a little bit of time and a little bit of room to find their footing and, and learn how to work that game and learn how to work the blue line in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Chikrin's been down for a bit with an injury, but he should be back fairly soon. And I think that was one of our big questions going into this season because we didn't We lose jokes. Oh, I think we lost her there. Like, uh, what, what are we gonna do? Oh no, we're good. We're good. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. We had a we had a small pool, and then you know we sort of filled it with some of these young guys. And I don't know. They've been they've mm-hmm. been taking the leap, but obviously there's there's more you can do as as a young player to learn and grow and to get better with the season. But I've been impressed early on, I guess, as much as you can be. Yeah, it's awesome. No, it's it's been nice to see him have some success. He's scoring a few goals, actually. I've noticed he's been scoring quite a few goals, Moser. And Shane Gossesbear looks rejuvenated out there in Arizona. Like He's flying around the ice, controlling play. Like I know he makes a lot of mistakes and turnovers, but that's not what you're paying him for. You're paying him for the offense, and he's been quite good. Yeah, for sure. I'd, uh, I'd give him points in that, in that area. We, uh, well, we lost. I mean... Ekman Larson was more so an offensive defenseman, mm-hmm. so sort of you get that swap when you trade away that guy and uh, bring in somebody else who knows how to work the puck forward of the blue line. But yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you got to be careful with the turnovers, obviously. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Thanks. Um, all right, let's move on to Arizona State. So I think one of the biggest things with Arizona is. Wow, so we're gonna say a lot of we're gonna say Arizona a lot. Um, how's how's Josh Doan playing this year? Be careful mentioning us and then that uh, a team down south in the same sentence, but uh, no, he's he's been great. He's uh, he's having a good year. I mean, statistically, you can you can kind of look at him and see that. And as a true freshman, I think that's really impressive. I don't I don't have a lot to compare it to. Obviously, I don't didn't have a big uh, a big look around men's college hockey before I started my internship with the team this year but um, I, I think a lot of the young guys that came on or transferred on or whatever have been pretty good day-to-day role players and you know, mm-hmm. obviously. fair enough so what, what's your record on the season that's a great question actually um I think I mean we're sitting somewhere around five okay. maybe 12 and 12 and 12 or 12 and 11 or something like that. Um, yeah. It's out there. But yeah. Do you have any favorites not, on mean, the team? Oh, sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, just, you know, it's, um, I think we got the back half of the season to go. So mm-hmm. I mean, there's, there's room to improve, but yeah. um, we had a couple big games recently. Uh, the number nine team, we, uh, we had a home sweep now. We had a couple of games against Boston University. We had Northeastern this week. I think that's the uh, mm. And then AT this next weekend, and I believe they're unranked, so it'll be important to, to get yeah. a couple there. 
So I'm guessing you have a rivalry with the University of Arizona. Our school does, yes. Our school does, yes. Our NCAA hockey team does not because they don't have one. Okay. Do you, do you guys have any, like, college, like, pranks or, like, any traditions that, um, like, you in Arizona, you, the University of Arizona, like, have? Any funny, like, traditions or whatnot? We used to have, uh, during, I don't remember if it's, it's during homecoming week. It's, it's probably during Territorial Cup week, which is, that's our rivalry game against them. We have a trophy that gets kind of passed back and forth uh, for the winner between those two teams. And thankfully, it's mm. it's stayed in Tempe for, I think, like five years now. And I hope it's not going anywhere. But um, we used to have, you used to have to defend it because we had this big, it's this big mountain. It's called Hayden Butte, uh, right mm-hmm. up by the stadium. And it's kind of built into Sun Devil Stadium. Um, but during Territorial Cup week, fans from UVA used to sneak in and try and paint the A red. Um, yeah. And so we would you would have to have some people up there that would uh, that would defend it and keep it keep it gold. Um, but that that would happen sometimes. And I don't know too much more about it. I, I think there's probably more that goes down than what I'm aware of. But that one's obviously the easiest to find because it's like this 50 foot A yeah. on top of the mountain that you'll just look up and it's bright red. You're like, are you serious? How do you... So, 50 feet, whole thing painted red. How much paint do you think that... Like, have you had to paint it back gold before? We painted it... You you can paint it white. Uh, They let you paint Mm -hmm. it white at the beginning of every school year. Like, all the freshmen... The freshmen classes will hike up the mountain and you can paint it white it's like some symbol to you know start the new year or whatever and then immediately they paint it back to gold um but i don't know they would just give us little like dixie cups you know like full of water or full of paint um and it didn't seem like it took much but that that thing has years of of paint layers on it so at this point you could probably use like half water half paint and it would cover um so i I don't think we're running i don't think we're running home depot or lowe's or whatever out of paint uh every time we have to Turn that thing back to the right color. Okay, so like, that I'm trying to get the lyrics here. If, and I'm not saying I will, but if we had to like national treasure paint the A red, how do you get around? Like, do you backpack the paint? Do you care? Okay, I don't want to paint the, let's not paint the A red. That's a bad idea. <laughs> National treasure. Gonna... No, I think I think you'd have to. I think you'd have to put it in a backpack so somebody would think you're hiking because that's like a preserve. Like you can go hike there. Mm-hmm. But like if if you look suspicious and you have like you're just carrying around a couple of gallons of red paint, they're gonna be like, "Uh, sorry, what are you doing with this?" <laughs> All right, noted. So we, I know that you're an athletic trainer behind the bench. What what do you do? What's your day to day like? Um, responsibilities. I mean, it kind of it kind of just depends day to day. Obviously, it's a little bit different on on weeks where they're going to be out of town, um, mm-hmm. and you know you got to make sure that everything is in check. Because essentially, when they're home, I mean, it's great because you have access to the whole room and everything that you have there and mm-hmm. all your stuff. And then as soon as they leave, you kind of have to like pack up the whole room right and yeah. take a mobile version of that because you never exactly know what's going to happen it's there's no there's no real day-to-day preparation for that because you truly never know how it's going to go 
Um, <clears throat> but I don't know. Just I mean, mostly it's it's way different in in a college environment than it is in like a high school environment. Yeah. Where, uh, you know, so much of the day to day stuff is just maintenance. So it's mm-hmm. you know just make sure that everything is stocked. Make sure you have waters. Make sure that you know all the equipment is out for practice. And you know they we kind of joint pair up with equipment managers and, and the student staff for that sort of thing. And then game day is just kind of an enhanced level of that because you're doing all that same stuff you're doing for your team as well for the visitors. Make sure that they're taken care of. Um, right. And so, you know, just on some level, it's it's a very basic uh, sort of amount of, of game day preparation of just think about what you do for the sidelines mm-hmm. and then just take that and sort of, uh, sort of extrapolate it to, you know, what you would do if you had an injured athlete as far as just maintaining that. Yeah. And especially, especially on game situations, it's, hey, like, let's just, you know, get through these two. And if we have to deal with it, mm-hmm. we'll deal with it. If we have to, you know, consult team docs or take it outside, then, yeah. you know, we can do that as well. Okay. Is there, um, what's, do you have any tips for any, like, preventable injuries? Because I know I play a little bit of B-League. Oh, no, I'm pumping my own tires. Mike, do you play? Yeah, I, I well, Montreal's on lockdown what? again, but I, I usually play every Saturday uh, from 10.30pm mm-hmm. to 11.30, so we're troopers. Uh, if I could play more, I would, but there's nowhere else to play right now, so I'm yeah. too old to play junior. I finished my last season of junior A. Uh, well, my full last season got canceled, and then the other one got halfway through cut off, so I missed my last year and a half of junior A, so... I used to play three, even five times a week, four to four-ish, three, four-ish times a week. Uh, now I'm down to one, so, uh, but I'm trying to work out. And actually, I was going to ask, um, as a trainer, I know I took a bit of athletic therapy, but nothing advanced because I already switched over to business. But um, would you recommend, uh, I guess, dynamic fle- uh, flexibility, like so like dynamic stretching, or would you recommend more static stretching or both? Uh, both. As long as it's not ballistic, which is sort of, there, there's a fine line in there where ballistic is sort of just bounce. Um, definitely don't do that before because there's some, there's some evidence out there that says that that might be predisposing mm-hmm. to injuries, but definitely both. Um, I don't listen to anybody who says that you can't get a benefit from static stretching. You can. Um, right. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. within, within reason, don't hold it for a minute, yeah. but you know, um, <clears throat> But yeah, that's, that's sort of personal. But um, I think the the thing that you'll be able to fix, necessarily fix, but uh, in the event of an injury, things that are the easiest to, to take care of on your own would be probably a dislocated shoulder. Uh, you can put that back in yourself, actually. I, I actually and have. That's, yeah, that's that's called joint reduction, and we learned a little bit about that. Um, so you can, you can reduce that. You can put your shoulder back in. You could you know, help somebody at the grocery store if they throw their shoulder, help put their shoulder back in. Um, fingers, toes are pretty easy. Right. But yeah. Anything, anything worse than that? Uh, I mean, we usually transport. So go. see a see a doctor. See, see a doctor. A doctor. Go to yeah. Room. Usually a pretty good idea. If there's, Even... a, if there's a bone, if there's a bone sticking out, don't don't ask your athletic trainer to fix that. Yeah. That's not that's not a band aid issue here. No. Like even like a broken okay. finger, you might want to like go see a doctor just so you can put it, you know, in line fully with a cast, and then that way you don't have a swollen finger for the rest of your life. I know my dad has one finger on his hand where it bothers him because 
as a kid, I don't know if he broke it or he did something. He didn't get it fixed properly. So now for the rest of his life, he has his finger that's been bothering him. So uh, it's always good to go see someone to you know get it properly fixed because you're not gonna, you're not young forever. So you gotta you gotta take care of yourself, right? <clears throat> Yeah, right. Don't be afraid to have somebody check your work, even if you think you got it. So, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. And then we'll move on to our final topic here, which is um, the late match shot. So I, I reckon I might pass this on to you ASAP, but from what I have read about him, he died recently because of um, liver, liver cancer. And as far as, I, as far as I know, yeah. Yeah. And he did so much for like women's hockey in Arizona. Do you do you want to speak more about him and what he what he means to the Arizona com- the community? I mean, I can I can certainly do my best, but I just you know, in the interest of it, I think that uh, I mean, this is a guy that if you ask somebody in the community, everybody's going to have a story about him. Uh, <laughs> And so, I, you know, it'll take more than just one person to sort of do justice to it. And, and they had a really good, uh, if anybody's interested, they have a recording of, they had a little uh, attribute service on Wednesday of this past week that I think went up on the Coyote's Facebook page. Um, but they just had some of his close friends speak. Uh, and it was, that was really well put together. Um, and we were lucky to be able to go to that. Um, I think just as a whole, I mean, my personal connection, he... I met him when I was playing high school hockey right before I transitioned uh, to playing in college. He was one of my coaches for my first year at ASU and sort of got me into um, to coaching with our youth programs here. So we have little howlers for, I think, three to seven-year-old learn to play hockey. Um, and then as soon as the, the Kachinas, which is the girls' organization, as soon as that got started, he got me in with that program as well. So sort of just as an extension, I think a lot of us that, that are coaching in the Valley and are involved in youth initiatives, and, and there are so many more people more so than myself involved, but um, just sort of as an extension of him, uh, you know, we passed along that love for the game and, and that coach. And I mean, it, he really was, uh, was the kind of guy that just would eat, sleep and breathe hockey and was always trying to make it better, especially for the girls, like you mentioned, which, um, you know, is something I really noticed that we needed that continuity that I never had growing up and, and he was a big hand making sure that we had that and making sure that girls here would always have a place to play. And uh, yeah, I mean, everybody here has a story about him and, and he was, uh, he was one of the good ones. So it's, you know, it's going to suck, but um, <clears throat> it'll take, it'll take three to four guys to do the job that he did just on a daily basis because he loved it so much. And I think that's the thing that's going to carry on the most is you know, he kind of wrote his own narrative there and, uh, Everybody's gonna remember that work that he did and and put in, but yeah, we lost him too soon. But it was uh, it'll it'll sting for a bit. But I think the best news is that because of that reach that he had, that just you know nobody's gonna forget him here for a while. Hmm. So yeah, for sure, for sure. And with that, I think that's a good place to end the podcast. So, Jobs, do you have any projects? projects you want to plug or anything that we should be looking into oh gosh uh no i'm i'm living the uh living the student intern life behind the bench there so um i'll be i'll be doing that for a bit i'm graduating in the spring fingers Mm -hmm. crossed uh i'm sitting for the exam and then trying to get a big kid job but 
that's uh that's the weird part of this whole thing so i like i know i met you through streaming and uh hopefully i'll be back to that at some point but mm. you know we'll see we'll see i'm uh just taking it day by day and, and trying to be involved as much as i can because it's an awesome opportunity to you know be around hockey and to work in hockey which you know is something that you guys mm -hmm. can relate that you love quite oh, yeah. a bit so oh yeah for sure all right mike is there anything else you want to say before we head out yeah, well, I, I I guess just a quick question because um, I know Arizona's not really seen as one of those like typical hockey markets because there's so many other sports in Arizona that are huge and obviously with the climate it's a bit of an obvious thing where it's like oh you know it's not super cold there for hockey it's kind of tough to to have it but what's it like growing up in Arizona playing hockey loving hockey and how much has it changed over the past couple of years? Yeah, it's it's so funny that you mentioned that because that's what everybody says, right? They're like, they, there's there's ice in Arizona, there's hockey in Arizona, and it's been I'm in a fortunate position because you know I've been around the game, coaching it and and playing it, and just sort of to be able to firsthand see that growth over the last couple of years. And I mean, there's there's more girls, just girls, playing hockey at the 12U level now in Arizona than there were in the whole state pretty much when I was growing wow. up. Um, so, it, I mean, it's just, it's grown so exponentially in the girls game and in the guys game. And I mean, people said that, you know, we owe some of that to Austin Matthews, which I suppose we do. And, um, but just the Coyotes have, have really, they've uniquely been invested in growing the game for us. And that is, it's so huge because not every, not every state has that support from their parent club. Um, yeah. and just between the initiatives that they have and, and the youth hockey programs here and just the sort of dedication of the people that run them, uh, to, to make sure that kids have a place to play. It's just, it's grown so much. It's, it's so cool to see that there are so many little kids growing up now that want to play hockey and want to be a part of it. And mm -hmm. it's so different from where it was 10 years ago. And hopefully yeah. that'll continue. Um, cause you know, that's just, that's just been the best thing to see for me. You know, somebody growing up who loves the game, there's nothing better than, than seeing a little kid who loves the game as much as you do. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, no, it's good to hear that. Uh, I know the state of Arizona is doing better in terms of its fan, uh, fan base for hockey and it's definitely growing a lot. So it's definitely nice to hear that as well firsthand. And how would you say like, how loyal is the fan base towards Arizona Coyotes? Cause they seem to have a pretty loyal fan base. From what I understand, I, I think they have, yeah, I think you have to be. It's uh, there's no fair weather fans out here. We're uh, mm -hmm. we're born and raised Coyote fans, and you know you gotta you stick with them. But you know, even now, when uh, we'll uh, we'll see your team at the draft lottery. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> we're battling for last, baby. That's the fun part, I guess. <laughs> it's nice to see winning teams, though. I guess so. It, I mean, maybe it's not too fun, but the draft lottery will be the fun part for. For you and I, at least this year, I think, and the trade deadline too. <clears throat> but yeah, no, it's nice to it's nice to see Arizona is doing pretty well in terms of its hockey growth, and it's it's nice to hear stories like yours, where you know, like especially the women's games growing too. It's nice to see it's nice to see that growth in in terms of the hockey community because I don't want it just to be a bunch of guy like white guys playing hockey. That's not what it's all about, you know. It's hockey's for <clears throat> everyone, you know. You want to see everyone playing hockey, and it's. It's nice to see the women's game yeah. growing. It's nice to see the diversity growing in hockey. So it was nice to hear your story. And mm -hmm. I really appreciate, uh, we both really appreciate you, appreciate uh, you taking the time to talk to us today. It was awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Wolf, for, uh, for having me. This was really cool. And uh, you guys know your stuff. So I'm, I'm, I'm deferring to you. You're the experts here. <laughs> Sweet. Well, it's right, nice to have you. Good. And you're, you're always welcome on our podcast. So 
just know that if, if you're ever looking somewhere to announce something big in your career or or if you want to just swing by to talk hockey you're always welcome here yeah right on guys thanks all right uh mike if you want to close this out go for it sure yeah i'll do a quick outro for us here so thank you everyone for stopping by the snbp podcast we're up and coming uh, we made our way onto Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts. We will be posting this VOD on YouTube as well, or you can watch it on my Twitch channel, Some Lazy Guy Zero Nine. So to find our VODs on Twitch and YouTube, like I said, Some Lazy Guy Zero Nine. But to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, simply look up the SNBP. I repeat, SNBP Podcast. Uh, there and you'll be able to find all our episodes there so we do appreciate all the support we've been getting huge shout out to ponchi obviously for being here jordan for being here as well uh dad nine spider-man from naruto kevin and ellie for all stopping by we appreciate your support and we'll see you all again soon all right cheers guys Bye.